It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in NXT podcast. Like always, it is I, your host, Jake Lawrence, coming to you live and indirect through your iPhone, your Galaxy phone, your car stereo, your Bluetooth speakers, your AirPods, whatever you're listening to this on. I am here. You're hearing my voice. It's the middle of the week, which means it's Wednesday, sometime in the morning, afternoon. Uh, maybe you're trying to squeeze this in before NXT hits the air in the next few moments. But yes, nonetheless, it's Wednesday. I am here. My tag team partner is here with me, like always. Oh, we got we, we, we to gotta skip the regular intro this week. Oh, oh, okay, okay. We, we got to interject. See, we got to celebrate. <laughs> We got to. This isn't a regular episode. We are celebrating the oracle that is Jacob DeLawrence. Jesus. Executing another trip around the sun. How does it feel, sir? How does it feel to age? Just remember, I'm still younger than you. I, wow. That was a, that was an unnecessary shot. I, w- I was sitting here trying to really appreciate. I wasn't, I wasn't saying aging is a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. Just said, how does it feel to age? But nonetheless, thank you, sir. It feels good. <laughs> 31. Yes. Feel good. We're here on a Wednesday preview NXT and the lines are tapped and our Oracle is going to give us his thoughts on <laughs> tonight's episode of NXT, but we can't we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Jacob's birthday on Friday. Sir, what did you do for your birthday? How was the weekend? How was yours? I, I, I didn't do anything, you know? Watch life. Just came home, chilled, called it a day, had some sushi. Nothing too major, man. Just watch life, you know? It's kind of what? what the quarantine birthdays are like these days, but that would have been a re- non-quarantine know. birthday as well. But you know, <laughs> okay. Just so you guys know, um, Jacob is accepting all the gifts. So as usual, we normally give out that cash app um, hashtag for the WWE people to actually pay up on their their sins. Uh, but we're going to shout <laughs> that out for all of you for. Jacob giving you guys months of great content here of Courtesy of Believe Podcast Networks. Just send that man a nice little gift. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. That is dollar sign J-D-E-L-A-W. I also take Venmo. That is at J-Della. You know, doesn't matter. We, we can make it work. If you want to find another way to pay me, just, you know, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at underscore J-Della. We, we can talk this pay. And all, all types of currency, man. It don't got to just be the U.S. dollar. Whatever, whatever we know, we got listeners all over the world. So send what's amiable to you. Exactly, and we will make it work. But yeah, we got a um, we got to talk NXT this week. We've had uh, oh, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. You can't just come in here all hot and call me the Oracle. And accuse me of having these lines tapped. And one, not tell the people why. And two, no, like, no, you can't just do that. Okay. So now I got to explain the the essence of why the lines are tapped. I mean, it's, it's been a hot line for months, Jacob. (laughs) And if you really, if you really want me to go through the genesis of this, it it's, I mean, this is really not a small thing that I took, took uh, any type of, issue with but it, it started with Dakota Kai 
Honestly, if you started really, with Dakota Kai, you calling her having a heater. Little do we know, Ra- Raquel Gonzalez shows up, and then, <laughs> then all of a sudden it gets it gets deeper, and all of a sudden, hey, Ben Bauer loses clean to Cameron Grimes, which is gross. And if you want to, <laughs> if you want a current example, we gave you a nice little preview, nothing more than like five to ten minutes. We gave you a preview of the Extreme Rules Horror Show, and Jacob. Had the nerve, <laughs> during a Black Lives Matter movement, to say the New Day were going to lose the titles, and lo and behold, they lose the titles. They lose the tag team titles to Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura in the tables match, and here we are in the aftermath of that. I can only, I, I can only be somewhat okay with the horror show because I think he picked Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt actually still won, so I'm I'm, I'm good there. There was but, no um, winner to that. He, he drowned him. Technically, he That's drowned himself. No, he... he. Well, the Fiend was visible at the end of the match, so he was no longer underwater. Oh, no, no, no. They're separate people. You treat, They treat them as separate entities, so technically the Fiend just was down there chilling and saw both of them in his house and drowned both of them. That's what you got from that? Yeah. You, if you've been treating Riverboat Bray separate from Mr. Rogers Bray, separate from The Fiend, then hey, The Fiend was like, all right, why, why are y'all in my house? We are not going to be stealing. The, don't, don't disrespect my head coach like that and call him Riverboat Bray. <laughs> there, there's only one Riverboat, and as a leader of the Washington football team. Um, okay, I like that theory. So treating the fiend like a separate entity and the fiend just emerged. So you, you think I, I like calling him gospel Bray personally, but um, that works. You think he drowned with Braun Strowman? He's like, I'm going to go down. You go, go down with me. Pretty much. And the fiend just happened to be there. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get you up out of here. Both of you. Cause remember during the match. So yeah, we'll go ahead and just hit extreme rules real quick. Just recap. Just go ahead and yeah, recap. Yeah, we're just going to touch on a few things because... Or 90% of extreme rules is Jacob's fault anyway. Damn it, 90% man. Of it. <laughs> I was going to give you praise, but you keep this up. I'm just going to keep it to myself, okay? But yeah, you know, because during the match, Bray was like, I'm not going back. I'm not going back anymore. When he had Braun tied up. So, you know, he was kind of like making that, you know, uh, that hint like, nah, I, I, I don't want any more. Bray said that or Braun said that? Did Braun say that? Braun did say he wasn't going back, but Bray was giving that whole weird speech that kind of had that like, eh, you know, like I'm not really supposed to be out causing chaos right now type vibe. Hmm. And Fiend's just like, okay, that's cool. Y'all want to play? I'm, I'm I See, the way I'm treating the end of that match is see, I like your theory about the Fiend being completely third person because it's different. I assume that he called upon this power of the fiend to drown Bray Wyatt. And now in my mind, uh, what we'll see on SmackDown this week is that the title is going to be announced vacant. Okay. At least that's, that's what I'm getting from that. Cause I mean, we, we, we've had very bad things happen. And I want to say this year that have no explanation on (laughs) why this person came back, but this man got, drown uh so i don't i'm pretty sure we're not going to see braun Strowman this week or or next so oh, um, they, they buried styles alive and he was back in two weeks that was a month it was a month was he going for a month it was a month yeah 
he could have, they could have, I mean, he, he, I don't, I don't want to get into the logistics sidebar of like how long you can survive with oxygen. Cause that's, that's like too much science. I don't know, but it's very possible that the people, whoever was filming could have got the shovels or the, the, uh, the lift to get all that dirt off of in time, you know? By the way, this is going to receive a lot of ire. And um, I'm going to say this here first because this is a safe space before I tweet it. Um, But the Swamp Fight was low-key better than the Firefly Funhouse. Get the fuck out. (laughs) I'm going to tweet that and I'm going to throw my phone, but I'm going to justify it with with facts. (laughs) It's like it, it just made more... It, the reason that people like the Firefly Funhouse so much is because it was like a mosh pos of things that don't make any sense. It all made sense. This beautiful storytelling is what that was. But it was all jammed together and like you're getting hit with it all at once and you have no choice but to watch. But there's storytelling in the Swamp Fight from their history and everything else that takes... Really, the Swamp Fight resonated with me because the... Uh, it's... What was the Randy Orton match called? House, House of Horrors? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's it, it. It really fleshed out what the Wyatt compound was supposed to look like, and you only saw what it looked like that one time when they fought the New Day. So it got you got to see different levels of it, and that's what I, I'm guessing because they said Bray Wyatt had more creative control over everything this time. Wyatt was shot better than any of the previous two Wyatt compound matches. Okay, I don't know. I'm gonna stand for Gospel Bray. I'm always gonna stand for gospel break. Okay, that's fine. Um, see, I was actually about to come on this podcast today before you started attacking me from the jump. This is an attack now, and just accusing me of having the lines tapped and everything else. I was gonna come out here and say that basically that match was mid. That they didn't do it. Wow. I was literally about to sit here and say, you know what? The stadium stampede was better than that. But now oh, you want to finally be- get praised to stampede and you over here trying to ruin the moment. You know what? I'm not even mad at that though. Cause I, I saw on Twitter, a lot of people uh, sharing their disdain for the swamp fight. But I mean, for me, like, it's like, what did you expect? Not that. Like, it, it, like it was going to be a one-sided thing the whole time. Because he's he went to Bray's domain, he's been calling Bray the devil himself and all that. Um, it could have been a little bit more gory, but you got to keep in mind this is a night where we also had an eye versus eye match. So yeah, we'll talk about that horrible thing. Yeah, like what can you do? But I mean, I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed Bray being I sorry Braun being tied up and Bray pretty much preaching to him and saying like, hey, we can take this thing over. Um, Alexa Bliss is not Sister Abigail. That was just like a, a vision he was seeing from things that he actually wanted from Alexa Bliss. So I thought that was a cool, cool tie-in as well. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I actually like that match. I'm not. See, I'm, I'm not going to give comparisons. I, I'll stop giving comparisons. Okay. But uh, yeah, so it, it ain't do it for me. It just, it felt... Flat. It felt like the ultimate deletion match with Matt Hardy, sir. But more cinematic, sir. That see, you can't come on here spewing that level of disrespect. Because ultimate I, deletion, like literally, I don't know what people like about it. It's so. And corny. I praise the final deletion. Those type of matches. Wow. 
this it got bogged down in the middle. And also, please, for the love of God, explain to me what was the point of these random people just popping up to get beat by Braun? And more so, what was the point of old buddy just getting set on fire? Like that was great value, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Yeah, also that. Thank you. Cause I sat there and watched this. I was like, wow, can you be any more blatant? Yeah, it was great value, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Simple and here's as that. the f- and here's the fun part. Rowan ain't on the contract and Rowan hadn't signed anywhere to my knowledge. So you really could have just had Rowan show up to really deliver things home. You could have gave Rowan a check, but nah. Nope. You want to go with a piggly wiggly version of them too. And somebody that looked like uh, the guy that got put on fire kind of looked like Dijakovic uh, in an auto, auto shop onesie. But um, <laughs> yeah, him getting burned was, was definitely random because he definitely like laid down into the fire. <laughs> it wasn't a natural movement at all. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it had, it had its parts where it was like, huh. But, I mean, I, I'm just talking about the direct interaction between Bray and Braun that was done well, in my in my opinion. Mm, I'll have to rewatch it again because here's the thing. I watched it like when it ended like when they first showed the graphic, I was like, okay, what the hell? Like, that fell flat. And then it went on for another five minutes and the fiends showed up and I was like, okay, well, what the hell was that? So I ran it back like the last 10 minutes again and I was just like, okay, what the hell is this? So I might rewatch it at some point this week. And if I still have, okay, what the hell is this? Then like, this also brings up my other issue. Stop doing cinematic matches. It is a crutch now. You struck gold with the fun house. You struck gold with the boneyard. You hit some, you sold some mid with this and you sold me some straight up Reggie with the sticks and stems still in it when you gave me the backlot brawl in NXT. And then you kind of sold me something, hmm, kind of sold me, um, wasn't quite Nas's discography, but it was like a step above with uh, Gargano versus Ciampa. Like, I'm going to let that slide. I'm not you ain't hitting too hot trap. right now. I'm not even going to fall into a trap. I'm let that slide. You sold me some Chelsea Green, man. And not the Chelsea Green on Instagram that got everybody being like, ooh, yeah. No. Um, moral of the story here, Jacob did not like the match. And he's going to try to bait me into a vigorous Nas debate, which will not happen today. Um, so I'm going to veer into something that makes me happy. And that is exactly what I said was going to happen. Not Sasha and Bailey taking all the gold. I don't care how it happened. I don't care about the logistics at all. The right move is to have all the gold on Sasha and Bailey. Now people were upset about the ending of this match because it was like, Oh, this is this NXT takeover worthy match. It was a banger and all that. And we got a flat finish because, uh, like, why couldn't the referee just come over and make the count? Um, some thoughts about that. Um, mm-hmm. I think, Jacob, you know that the raw ratings have been in the, in the trash for like the past Abysmal. month, right? Yep. Right. So I think they're trying to – I've seen that they're maybe having this match again just because they want to boost the ratings and uh, they know that Asuka and Sasha can put on a really good match. So whether the, whatever the reason for it, you get to see these two uh, wrestle again. They just had the send-off with 
I'm pretty sure that was Kyrie Sane's send-off against Bailey Monday night, which, by the way, you can add that to the list of Bailey's banger matches because that was a great match. She, um, sold, she sold very great in that match. Everything was good. So from what I saw from Asuka last night or yesterday was Kyrie's last day. However, they take two weeks of Raw. And there's reports going around that Shayna is going to be the one to get Kyrie Sane the hell up out of here. Which leads to my prediction for that match. Um, Stephanie Mann came out and made the stipulation that if anybody jumps in, you can get disqualified and stuff like that. Um, I think Shayna just comes in at Rex's house. And I think it starts with um, Sasha. I, I think that's how Sasha will get the title full time is that Shayna came in and um, attacked Sasha first, disqualification. Asuka's like, what the hell? You fight Asuka, and then she injures Kyrie, which does that starts the feud with uh, Asuka and Shayna, which obviously is going to be amazing. So it takes Asuka away from the belt safely enough to where you can have Banks and Bailey on all three shows. Now, if this doesn't happen, blame Jacob because that's just like it, wow. it makes no other sense why that shouldn't happen. If if Asuka just somehow wins the title and Sasha Banks doesn't get the title next week, just blame Jacob. Wow. Wow. Really? Just going to blame me? I didn't even come out and give a prediction or anything. I'm just saying. That's absolutely what should happen after that clinic that Asuka and and Sasha put on at Extreme Rules. Hmm. Main event worthy clinic. It was. I think it was the longest match of the night. Outside of that swamp fight, it was arguably the best match of the night until the finish slightly took a little bit off for me. Right. But yeah. How about we get a triple threat at SummerSlam instead? No. Because that means one woman has to be made to look weak, and all three can't afford that right now. Do you have to be made to look weak, though? Somebody got to eat it. And I don't think anyone. Not, not one of those three should be eating a pen or a submission right now. Um, let's just let's just do a quick little refresh here. Sasha, I'm sorry, no, I'll start. Shayna came up to the main roster like a ball of fire and nerfed everybody walking on the red brand, including said woman who holds belt now, who has been the MVP of quarantine. All right. She even teased it on Raw Talk, said, hey, that's what happens when you put me against that champion. The same thing happens. Um, but you got to build to that. You got to build to that trash talk. You don't just have that. And that's why I don't think Shayna needs to be fighting for the belt right now, because you can build do more with her in a legitimate feud against Oscar for a while, while Sasha and Bailey just strut around with the titles and just talk mad shit. It's what everybody wants to see. Hmm. Hmm. No, no. Okay. They're, I mean, I mean, they're they're like. I think I said this before. They're the iconics on steroids. <sighs> I can see that. Not quite as funny, but yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. It's like an annoying funny. It's like a mean girl's funny. Yeah. It's like an urban version of mean girl. I'm sorry. Let me not use that word. It's a black version of mean girls. 
black people trying to deliver mean girls type humor and it just being like, ah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it can work for a little while longer. Um, but having Asuka and Shayna feud for a while would be like, it's like the perfect distraction. Yeah, it would be. What else we got to talk about? Eh, what else? I mean, I don't even want to, I don't even want to talk about the New Day because that's like your fault. All right, so look, only way you could say this was my fault if I exactly predicted the finish, which I didn't. I'm pretty sure. Although I'm so pretty we sure didn't I did. the, we didn't know the tip. No, I said it was going to be a table match. I said it was likely to be a table match. Okay. And I may have said Kofi was probably going to be the one to go through the table, but yeah, all right, fine, whatever. You want to blame me? Go ahead. You're going to do it anyway. All right. I mean, but I'm, I like to look at things like glass full all the time be optimistic this just means new day are going to break the uh the record true this is very nine true. time nine time tag team champions they're going to break the record all right so i was listening to the car uh the corner podcast with andreas and kel shout out to them one day we'll have both of them on here together and that is going to be fun but uh andreas brought up an interesting point okay cool take the belts off the new day that's cool andreas goes what the hell happens if Kofi or Biggie seriously, like, actually gets injured? What the hell are you going to do with the tag team division? So I pose to you, who the hell is going to challenge for those belts? Because heavy machinery ain't a thing no more. Um, the Forgotten Sons got forgotten again because Riker messed up the bag. What else you got over there? I mean... In the interim, you can do things with Lucha House Party. I, I think you can absolutely do heavy machinery because Otis hasn't been on TV in a few weeks. And more Mandy Rose. So I think you can have that kind of be a distraction from, hey, I actually have the briefcase because nobody believes he's going to cash in on any of the current champions. Not Keith Unless. Lee, not, <laughs> not uh, Ron Strowman, not... Um, not Drew McIntyre. Nobody believes he's going to cash in on either of those three men. So if he's focusing on tag team action for a little while, it'll do more to help his character stay relevant. And let's not forget that he actually has a briefcase. You got Miz and Morrison. Which, who, who They're treating like jobbers now. They've always kind of run them through that whole routine of, you're good enough that even if we quote-unquote job you out, it doesn't hurt your stock where we can't turn right back around and run you back if we need you. Morrison's been putting on some really good matches lately, too. Like, um, and they're entertaining as hell. They're funny. They're funny. Like, like I obviously you can't do the heel versus heel tag team thing, or yes, they, they won't. They could, but I, I, I don't trust them to. If it's not going to be the new day continuously challenging for the titles, and we know the Usos are out, I I fully expect it to be Lucha House Party. At least for the first uh, first try. Okay. Which which begs the question, like, why? Are, I know this is going to be an ongoing thing. Like, WWE is so insistent on putting the tag team titles on singles guys, <laughs> and I, I'm never going to call Cesaro uh, a tag team specialist or a lifer there. 
and Shinsuke damn sure isn't. It's like, you have them both on the same brand. Why would you just not put the bar back together? Like, this is literally a fair nobody case. cares about the Jeff Hardy storyline. If anything, it's very disrespectful to his, his real-life struggles. Fair point here. Um, let's see. Who else do you have? You can say Gulak and Brian, but DB is all being a daddy on um, paternity leave, so... Gulak and Brian will be interesting. I mean, they already pair up as a unit, so... That's all you got. Yeah. Literally, that is all you have. WWE has no tag teams, period. Point blank, plain and simple. Somebody in the WWE uh, <laughs> department, they hate tag teams. And this is where they can do so much better with their tag I, team division. I don't even know if it's that they hate tag teams or if it's a combination of two things. They've been snake bitten by injuries to an extent, and also they treat their tag teams so poor. Yeah. Harper and Rowan. Great tag team, had great title runs, whether as Harper and Rowan or the Bludger Brothers, but one got hurt, broke up the tag team, they fell apart. The revival, we've seen Bludger how this should have worked for a while too. It was working perfectly until Rowan, not Rowan, Harper, um, I think it was his bicep, towards bicep mm-hmm. at SummerSlam, and they had to pull the belts off of him. Uh, we've seen the revival, how that played out. McIntyre and Dolph was a nice little tag team, but it served its purpose. Garza and Andrade will work. What else do you have? We have the Viking Prophet Raider, what the hell ever they're called. You can do tag team. You can do a champion versus champion feud for a while, and it doesn't have to make sense if you want to have the Street Profits try to establish dominance over the SmackDown tag titles. Champions. I guess. I was actually in the arena uh, when the Bludgeons were champions and they had that thing with Daniel Bryan and Kane came back, mm-hmm. huge pop. Huge pop. Don't know what Kane is doing now, but I mean, Daniel well, Bryan in the tag team division is not a bad thing at all. Kane is out here being the mayor of Knox County and voting against his, making mass mandatory. That is currently what Kane is doing. Yikes. Only person saw that report like a month ago. I was like, oh, son, what is you doing? And this is coming from a man who wore a mask his whole career. Oh, right. right. Um, oh my gosh. So I want to. Yeah. Let Let's jump to the. I actually want to talk about um, Ray Lass. Um, so let's talk about McIntyre and Ziggler. We know McIntyre defeated Dolph Ziggler in a in like in in a match where all the stipulations were against Drew, where he couldn't get counted out. He couldn't use extreme rules uh, or use weapons. Um, the deck was stacked <laughs> against Drew McIntyre, and he still won, which, like, I know this is kind of Dolph Ziggler's role, but it's like, that's not a match Dolph Ziggler should lose in. Uh, that was probably the second best match. Of, that was the second best match of the night. Like, if it wasn't Asuka and Sasha, that would have been match of the night because... It was perfect storytelling. We saw Drew work from underneath. It, it just hit all the marks. Dolph being the perfectly dickish hill was like, hey, it's extreme rules. I, 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 but not for you. <laughs> Saying like that's the that's type of rules you place in a video game where you like just take everything for yourself. You're not supposed to lose. And I get you want to paint the story that Drew is going to overcome everything. And now 
apparently they're going to run it back and Drew's going to have his own stipulation, uh, which has to be a, a, a win or go home, right? Probably. I mean, Dolph pulled out a rock bottom for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. And they called it your Nagi. I was like, ah, uh, okay. We, we know that was a rock bottom until, but it's cool. So, I mean, yeah, it was perfect, though. It, it served its purpose. We all knew Drew wasn't going to win. But if Drew, I'm sorry, we knew Dolph wasn't going to win. But if Dolph would have won, I would have popped and marched exactly. so hard. I would have, too, because he deserves it, man. Absolutely. He, but you can't put a belt off Drew right now. Drew's hot. His title run has been actually pretty good. I have, a, I have no complaints about Drew's title run other than there being no fans. Let the man hold the belt until we get fans back. And then you can take it off of him like two, maybe three months later. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing with Dolph, because they're, they're going to run it back right now. So I think they want to have like some little intermediate feud here before you go on to whoever his SummerSlam opponent will be. Is that um, Dolph is either going to take some time away to do his comedy stuff, which I don't know what that looks like now. But um, probably take some, some needed time off and wait till you can get Rude back on Raw to have another tag team. or they're going to shave his head. One of the one of the two. Okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everything you said made sense, but um, explain to me why you you think Dolph is going to get his head shaved. And complete sidebar: I had Twitter up, and I just saw something completely disturbing, which we'll dive into in a minute. Completely unwrestling related, but we're going down a rabbit hole early today. But continue on why Dolph has to shave his head. So he actually alluded to an interview, I think, earlier this week or last week before Extreme Rules about the reasoning behind the haircut change that when he randomly went dark and had the buzz. And they're saying they want to do something with his character and then it fell flat. So he's talking about that and why it didn't work with the writers and why um, sometimes you just got to listen to the wrestler on this thing. But I think he was also alluding to, like, maybe there's something else he can do with his character there where he would cut his hair. So it's not, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Okay, fair enough. And also, you mentioned rock bottom, man. I, I, gotta, I was going to actually text you this because I just got made aware of this yesterday. There was a Nigerian wedding four years ago where a man went full rock entrance to the altar. I feel like I've seen that clip. It is the most awesome thing I've ever seen. I've watched it maybe a dozen times, and this is almost going to verbatim happen at my wedding whenever it happens. Just know I'm going to be sitting in the crowd, looking, put my phone out, and my feet propped up, being like, he ain't going to do this. He ain't going to do this. I'm what? almost verbatim. It probably won't be Dwayne Johnson. It'll be another, another artist, but um, verbatim. <laughs> that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. All right. If, if anything, I'm going to propel in like Shawn Michaels at Mania Jesus. or whatever that was going to be. But yeah. But um, we got to talk about eye versus eye for an eye. Well, also uh, Kevin Owens beat Murphy in the kickoff match. Um, there's actually a nice article up on DailyDDT.com, one of our fine writers there about, and it states why it's the time is now to actually. Um, move Kevin Owens back to NXT. It's a pretty good read. Um, and I might even agree with it, man. Um, There's not much for KO to do right now on Raw. As a baby face. All right. So 
here's the problem with sending KO to NXT right now. These are the current people that are on NXT that really haven't been on TV lately. The ghost of the Velveteen Dream. Tomasa Ciampa. Right. Prince Finn Balor. You can argue Gargano. I'll go ahead and throw Loomis in there for the hell of it since Dakakovich got a title shot. Oh, how dare I forget the longest reigning NXT champion, Adam Cole. And hell, we'll go ahead and throw the rest of the Undisputed Area in. But that's six people that you can legitimately roll out as a NXT title contender. Right, right. And you already kind of have a little cloudy, hazy situation at the top because it looks like you're on a collision course for Cross and Lee, but you might just throw Dakikovich in there for the hell of it is what it looks like. So adding uh, Kevin Owens to that mix does what? Because even if you don't want to take Gargano, Ciampa, Cole, Balor, um, Velveteen, or Loomis and have them go for the NXT title, they also qualify for the North American title. And then when you go into that, you also have Killian Day, your boy Cameron Grimes, um, Damian Priest. Like you, it, you're log jammed at the top. You're log jammed for both belts. Why do you add a star like that? And okay, cool. You don't want him to challenge for a title? Cool. So he comes through and gets stuck in like a blood feud. Who? What? Gargano? Balor. Because mm. if you want to pull Balor away from that title as far as possible, I think we know that. Um, I believe Balor and Kevin are like real life best friends or very close friends. I think they would both be up for that just to say if Balor's like kind of that tweener heel who kind of runs around with his chest poked out and then you hear have KO's music hit and he comes comes back and say, hey, you're not the only former NXT champion. Like, and now I'm back. And then you can just run that for a while. But you can't have KO as a face. Yeah, you can. Not in NXT, it doesn't work. I think just having his presence in NXT helps. And he was a face when he came back at War Games. Of course, we're talking in a world with no fans. So yeah. I feel like the content has to be on point more than anything. I think KO and Balor can at least give you content without fans in the interim. That would be great. I don't know. That kind of works for me. All right. Um, before we go eye for an eye, what did you see on Twitter? So, as we all know, um, we're in the midst of a pandemic here. COVID cases are popping like popcorn, jumping like hotcakes and everything. You know, we over here pulling five and 10,000 cases out the yin-yang every day, including my state and said state. So, my lovely senator, former Governor Rick Scott, was recently on Fox News and somebody tweeted this out. And basically, Scott was like, oh, you know, um, made his case for why we should reopen and send kids back to school, right? And here, let me find it. Here we go. Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott wants schools open, but said on Fox Business Network today that his grandchildren won't be attending. They will be distance learning. Nah, 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 nah. Uh-uh. It don't work like that, playboy. If you want to sit here and send all the poor kids and everybody else's kids to school, your grandkids better take their asses over there too. Yeah. Like, nah, pimp. Mm-mm. Nope. It'll be just, dis- nah, mm-mm. Better distance learn your ass into this classroom. 
Go and catch the Rona with the rest of us. So the problem, with, there's like a huge problem when you have all of these people in authority, like campaigning for kids to go back to school. So it's okay. So you have jails that are overcrowded where you're releasing inmates. So you don't have a spread of the virus in the jails, but it's okay for kids to go back to school. Amen. Like, where they do that at? Amen. We might kill the kid, kid that can, you know, give the cure for AIDS, but Hey, cost of doing business. Here's another tweet for you. You're going to love this actually. Um, this is by Taylor Rooks. At the 76ers practice, Nas Ether is playing. Matisse Thibault said, is this Joe Budden? <laughs> I don't know who should be more offend- offended. I'm very offended at that. Um, and this is why Nas needs to be discussed in more circles on like a weekly basis. Cause that, that can't happen. It's terrible. Ooh. All right. Um, disrespect, <laughs> man. I don't know if Joe should be offended or if Nas should be offended. Yeah, Joe better be thankful. Be thankful. You have that comparison. But now I should be definitely offended. Oh man, that, that's funny. That's Anywho, funny. Um, yeah, quick before Seth Rollins. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, before I get up off of this, real simple. If you're an elected person and you are like, oh, we should open schools back up, your kids better be the first ones going. That's all I'm saying. You can't sit here and throw stones and be like, nah, 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 not you. You're not going. You you gonna stay home because you might die. You going out there, Johnny? That's just like, if you want to start the war, you better send your kids out there on the front line next to me. That's it. Don't, don't be that person, people. Don't, don't be that person. Now, back to Seth Rollins throwing up his avocado toast. So, yeah, man, we had an eye versus eye match between Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins where we knew the objective was somebody had to have their eye removed to win the match. I don't know why they did it. We know it was shot before the actual uh, car took place, even though they were brandishing it as a live uh, event. Yeah, I was um, waiting for that to disappear during the match, too. This is a great match, though. Like, this was a great match. Like, if anything, this is probably one of the best matches of the night. Just the setups, the different things that they did outside the ring. Um, these two work really well together. I think everything was good about this match except the finish because we knew that we had to see an eye. And, uh, I guess word in the street is uh, the way it was shot is that there was actually supposed to be more visibility of the removed eye, the prosthetic. Um, but Vince didn't like it. So they cut it out and edited it more. But they, if you, there's a bunch of screen grabs on Twitter of individuals who were fast enough to say like, Oh, okay. Ray is actually is holding something over his face. And then uh, the throw up was like, it could have been more throw up than that. But I mean, yeah, Seth Rollins throws up after obviously, um, Raking the eyes across the corner of the steps. What th- this is what's garbage to me. Mm-hmm. We know the ending. We knew what had to happen. I was here for eye patch uh, Rollins, which they were completely scared to do. Which I don't know why. We're not going to have any shield reunions anytime soon. Um, but they had an interview backstage with Charlie at the trainer's desk, where she was like, "Oh, like the the trainer said that if the nerve damage isn't bad and." everything is all right, then Remisio can technically not 
they can probably save his eye. They gave that thing like maybe 30 minutes after the match about the nerve damage, a little medical jargon is like, all right, so he, so what are we doing here? What was the point of even having this whole ordeal if you're not going to play it up? And we know Mysterio is wrestling without a contract. Yeah, so there's that, and which is why I was about to say that's the whole reason Seth won is because if Ray would have signed, they definitely would have had Seth take that L so they could continue it on. But with Ray working on a handshake deal or maybe Ray potentially finishing up and being done, it's kind of like, yeah, we got to send you out on your back. You know, you got to do the business. All right. I mean, I wonder what, they, what they're scared of. Though. We know Mysterio is pretty low to WWE has been. I don't think there's any threat of him joining well, AEW. There's talks. Like when he showed up for All In and he was adamant, he was like, nah, I'm going to work All In before I come back. He's like, I don't care. I committed to it. I'm going to work it. There was talks that Ray was AEW bound at the start, but then WWE gave him a little more money than AEW, gave him a little lighter schedule, and plus they were able to work Dominic in, which I think is Ray's whole goal is to get Dominic in a WWE ring. So it's kind of like, all right, you know, it is what it is. Right. I mean, I, there, there's some, I mean, honestly, there are some matches in AEW I would love um, to see Ray in. Ray Phoenix comes to mind first. Yeah, I was going to say, Ray and the Lucha Bros injected into my veins now. Yeah, that would be money. I mean, we saw Seth Rollins on Raw Talk getting into it with our truth over everything about and then also his promo on Raw where he said the fans pushed him to this. Remember the burn it down guy? You guys pushed me to be this. What is the what is the end game with this character? Because he's not at the top of the card anymore. He already lost to Drew McIntyre and they had some um, sportsmanship there at the end. What, what are we doing with Seth Rollins? He's kind of just there every week. <laughs> this is like probably one of his worst runs to me outside of like I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I'm like, I don't, I thought they could do so much more with this uh, character. See, I'm actually enjoying this. I feel like it's solid run. You could say he could probably have some better opponents, maybe. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I definitely, I don't hate this run. The end game is, I don't know. I think it's kind of just where he's the, Focal point of the show, but he doesn't always have to have the belts to see in game. Mm-hmm. When the Messiah runs raw, he just doesn't always have to have the title. Yeah, and that's my problem. It's like there's not that many other feuds he can get into because don't need him to go against Drew again unless they're going to make it a more serious matchup. He's, he's kind of ran the thing to, into the ground with KO and everyone else. I mean, I think I think the next the next challenger for Drew, the person who should take the belt off of him has to be Orton. Yeah, definitely has to be Randy. But again, I say do not take the belt off this man until we get fans and let him cook for a couple months with the fans. 
I don't think that's fair. But Orton is like, he's like at the top of his game right now. Everything that man is doing is gold. I think it makes sense. But for Seth. Yeah, he decided to come to work for once. Yeah, true. For Seth, does this mean that he's going to feud with Dominic now? It's like so vague what we're going to do with Rollins. Seth is just going to go around preaching and probably get another little run with KO and then find somebody else to try to convert into the disciple while Theory is still out here battling Roma. Roma. He, what's their call? I, the entering Theory is if he got uh, a lady from the women's roster to join as a disciple. So that would be dope if they did that. I can honestly see um, like if, like if it was like Liv Morgan. That would be kind of cool because that's where her character was supposed to be like when she rebranded. Um, even the thing with Aleister Black is kind of falling flat with me because they kind of they sucked the life out of his character. Him just running around trying to like put the cape on for Ray these past few months out of nowhere from the who's going to knock at my door thing. It's like it just doesn't it doesn't fit him anymore. So, I mean, I think we're going to get Alistair and Rollins for a while, which if built the right way from the beginning, it would have been a dope series of matches. But, I mean, here we are. Just getting it thrown to us. We'll see. Give them some time. Yeah. I think think Alistair just took his first loss in, like, the past year to Seth. I think so. I don't think he has too too many losses this year. Yeah, so I mean, needless to say, um, if you had to grade Extreme Rules, what would you give it as a grade? Like a B minus? C plus, B minus? Was it better than Slammiversary? Uh, So, my problem with Slammiversary was all the audio and technical issues. Okay. And the women's gauntlet was kind of meh, and Moose's match was meh. But see, Slammiversary is like a soft reset. So you can't really judge something like that, but they had about the same grade. No, I give Slammiversary a C. Plus. No, I give it a C, and I give Extreme Rules like a B minus. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Like they were close, it's just Slammiversary didn't have a match of the level of Oscar Sasha. So I can't give them the same grade because nothing was touching Oscar Sasha from Slammiversary. Okay. I thought the Willie Mac Chris Bay match was pretty pretty good. It just felt it was too quick. Yeah, there's they did they they should have let certain things breathe, but if I had to pick one, it would probably be that one. And and I and I wasn't bad at the women's match either with Perrazzo and Grace. Yeah, that was good. But I was looking at Bay and Mac, and I was like, oh, these two are finna burn this down. Like, this should be a good one. And I was like, oh, this is over. This is quick. So, yeah, you know. Hopefully, they let that one run back, but they might be pairing Willie Mac back with uh, Rick Swan because they used to be a tag team okay. in Impact. So, you know. But I'll be watching Impact more. So, there you go. Yeah, it's worth the tune in. Yeah. Um, so we've actually went down a rabbit hole on just WWE a lot. We haven't even touched NXT, which yeah, right now we I was have. About to say, uh, I feel this, like we this, just. This is still the Believe in NXT podcast, you guys. 
Yeah, I feel like we should just break this right here. You know, we just gave you guys a bonus episode by accident. It's kind of true. We did. So I feel like we should just stop this. Go ahead and end. We'll start another episode. Roll right into it. Let these guys breathe a little bit. We ain't going to hit them over the head with a Joe Button podcast length episode because we don't have too much to talk about with the NXT preview. There's only three things announced. And we might slip down the rabbit hole, but I feel like this is a good point to just, hey, here's a bonus episode for you guys because we are the best damn WWE podcast. And oh, also, we're the hardest working people on the Believe Podcast Network. Yeah, I said it. Ain't nobody out here pumping out more content, more consistently, at a higher quality and caliber and clip than I and Mr. Cedric Welton. And if you got a problem with it, step to us. We want to smoke. We challenge you all. We don't care if it's MMA, 90s nostalgia, uh, Real Housewives or whatever county, city. It doesn't matter. Send us the invite. We will roll up to your show and have a good time because we are here to do one thing. Put in work and collect accolades. And we to put in work so them accolades are coming. Now, there's my promo for the week. Floor is yours, Seth. I, I, you said it good. <laughs> I, I, I echo everything. My tag team partner just said, best WWE-centric podcast out here on the interwebs. There is nobody touching us from a content standpoint, from giving you random sidebars, from educating you on the world and the pandemic. You come here for it. And you still get WWE content with all the other sidebars. And you know what else? We might might just start getting visual on y'all, too, because we're sitting on the couch. We're not going nowhere. We're playing it safe. We might just have to start giving y'all visual aid on some of these podcasts. Exactly. Y'all can see this Kurt Angle Funko Pop that I just picked up this weekend. $5. GameStop. Nice. So yeah, there you go. Bonus episode of Believe in NXT podcast where we broke down and recapped the stream rules. So, if you just sit here and bear with us, you're going to hear the outro music playing, and once I finish talking, done, then you'll roll right into the next episode. So, I'm Jacob. That said, this is uh, this has been the Believe in NXT podcast, despite us not really talking about NXT much. But hey, it happens. So I'm shutting up. This episode is ending, and you're rolling right into the next one in a matter of moments. <laughs>